Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. It's late. I'm starving. Allergies are kicking my tail. And I'm recording this a couple hours later. And it's and it just illustrates how much I really enjoy doing this for you guys. And I appreciate those who listen to our show, as well as those who may be new, by the way, welcome. My name is Leister, and I've got today, I promised I was not going to focus on personal. I'm going to talk about my subject, and I will. But I just want to give a quick, it's quick, fast, bear with me. It looks like my car woes are solved, finally. So what happened is, I at the last minute, I was about to hit the road and get up to where I'm going in this existing car that I don't like. But at the last minute, I saw CarMax had a car that's exactly what I want. And I used to have a car back in 2013. I called him Aston Marcus. Beautiful car, loved it. Fantastic car. Ford Fusion Hybrid. Amazing car, never had any issues with it. And I traded it, which was a mistake. But I traded it uh, for a 2016 Fusion Energy. The Energy's fine. It's a plug-in hybrid. But it was it couldn't hold a candle to my freaking, because it was a base model. So it couldn't hold a candle to my amazing titanium Austin Marcus. So I, I regretted that decision. The energy is the one that I gave back to the dealership when I was having issues in 2021. So it, it was gone and I was out of car and then I bought this piece of crap car. I mean, it runs, it's fine. It's not, it's functional, it runs, it's, but it doesn't have anything, doesn't have any features. So then I was having the registration issues so I learned that I can't register it in Nevada, but I can register it where I'm going. But I was concerned about the drive because we're talking a day and a half by my estimate. And we got the winter storm. But all of a sudden, this car came up on radar, and it's a 2014, but it's the same as Aston Marcus. It has a low amount of miles, surprisingly low. The price is slightly higher than market, but it's fine. I don't mind giving a little bit of profit. So I figured, okay, let's see if we can make this damn thing work, right? So I, I pulled the trigger have them ship it over there. They got it done. They were estimating the seventh. They got it done today, ready for me to test drive it. Go down there. They do the paperwork, the whole nine. I do the test drive. It's, I like it. I like the feeling of it, the feeling of having all these features that I'm used to having. And okay, we'll pull the trigger. I write them a check. It, it annoys me how badly I have forgotten how to write checks because I used to be perfect at it and I was making silly mistakes. I did it three times before, and even on the third time, I got it wrong. So I had to do the initial correction deal. But he, he was impressed at how much I got right. It just, it's frustrating that I've forgotten how to write checks. Anyway, they take the check and all they do is have you log into your bank and verify the balance against the check. Right there at one of the workstations and then you're good to go. So I wrote that check. I mean, it's a lot of money for the regular person. But for me, it was, I've got cash stacked up in the bank and I was ready for this. This is what I was stacking for was to get the car I wanted. So that car is now sitting in my garage, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours, Stevie Wonder. 
And I love the car. It's an amazing car. I still have the other car because I can't title it, so I can't sell it. Plan is I'm going to figure out how to ship that car up to where I'm going, put it in storage, figure out how to get it registered in the new place at the same time I change the uh, registration for this new car. I'm just, I'm paranoid. So I'm waiting on this new one, CarMax. They should cash the check. When I see the money fly out of my account, we're done as far as I'm concerned. I don't have any concerns. I just, I'm paranoid. Then they have to give me what they call a green slip. Green slip, I go down there, I pick it up, and then I can register the car online and we're done. That's the plan. (laughs) Cross fingers, that's the plan for this business. If all that works and the car is signed and sealed and mine and not have to worry about a damn thing, it puts me back basically before the pandemic at that point because I'll have the car that I want fully paid off this time and I even have an extra car that's a little bit extra cash to offset the price I paid because it'll cut that money in half when I sell it once I get to the new place. I already have the new place. The rent's all done. I can stop paying rent here. Money's still coming in for my two endeavors for at least now (laughs) for the foreseeable. So if I can get this car done, done, it resets me before the pandemic and that excites me. It excites me because it finally takes another load off my head of things I need to catch up on. Then it's the long path of financial. That's all I wanted to update you personal that it looks like the car situation that's been plaguing me for weeks is finally done. It only took an hour for the process to get that done. And then I had to uh, drop my old car off, get an Uber back up there, get my new car. And we're hopefully off to the races. So yay for that. I'm going to talk about my topic. Then I'm going to eat because I'm starving because I ain't eating all day. I don't know if anybody follows news, whether TV news or social media news or however you get your news. A paper, newspaper. I like the newspaper. I don't know if you're following the news, but recently something happened. And I don't know what you think about it. I'd love to hear from you. Casualtalkradio.net slash contact. Fill out the form and just let me know what you think about this. But recently, here's what happened. I need to tell a little bit of a history story. And this will take the rest of my episode here. In 2020, first quarter of 2020, President Donald Trump at the time basically was trying to, they hear about this whole COVID thing. They're not sure what it is. They're not sure the details only that they need to take some action. And so then President Donald Trump was trying to figure out, okay, how do we cut the spread of this thing? And he proposes that we cut off borders by implementing a travel ban. At the time, the people that were, the people basically that were not in office, that are in office now, attacked him and called him a xenophobe. This spread all over social media. The president's a xenophobe. We're an immigrant country. What he's doing is wrong. These people need our help. Stop calling it the Wuhan virus, et cetera, and so on, right? So the president's getting attacked. It went all the way to the courts. They took it to courts. They were suing over this business. And I remember President, then President Trump, he goes on social media and he says, I'm calling it what it is. It's a travel ban. People called him racist because they said it's certain countries that were targeted. The problem is, is that he was trying to cut the countries that were most likely to come here and cause the spread of this thing. So he gets attacked, so he backs off because he can't, He's got all these lawsuits He's and freezes and halts, and he can't do anything about it. So then fast forward, the virus starts spreading internally. I believe New York was the primary because it's one of the major ports of entry. 
all of a sudden they're attacking President Donald Trump at the time saying, well, you should have stopped the spread of this thing. Why didn't you stop it? Why didn't you do anything? All because there was a different commission around health and everything that he had shuttled because it wasn't effective. And in the World Health Organization, he was trying to leave all these things where we were spending billions and billions of dollars. He was trying to leave these wastes of money in his opinion. And so he gets attacked for all those decisions. Nobody came back and said, you know what? You tried to lock down the borders. We blocked you. It was our fault. Nobody said this. So now, okay, the virus is spreading. So they're expediting the vaccines. At the time, it's being expedited to figure out, let's get them created. Let's get something out there. It was never presented as a mandatory thing, simply that we needed to have one in place and we needed to put out some messaging to get people on board with possibly taking it because we wanted to minimize the spread. This is before we knew about the comorbidities that we later would learn about. Fast forward a little bit more, and then they start doing the aid, you know, the financial aid, the, the so-called STEMI, the different aid programs they did for businesses, the lockdowns started at one point in different areas as a result of what we were seeing. So the, at no point, though, during this period was there ever a true mandate other than those by private companies. Private companies, certain ones would absolutely force the issue, like hospitals. In certain cases, that's reasonable because of, obviously, care and risk to patients. We hear people like Marvin, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. He died. He was one of the first, if I recall, that was notable that passed away as a result of COVID. There was uh, Devo. Tom Tiny Lister, he had passed away. And that was, a, that was a big, that was a notable one that nobody realized. Herman Cain, he was a big one. And so there was these people, these notable names, and we're starting to see patterns in the people that seem to take greater illness from it versus the ones that don't. Fast forward now, the whole election's coming up and the narrative is, okay, you've got Kamala Harris, you've got Bernie Sanders, you've got Corey, whoever, and all these people that are trying to vie to essentially beat Donald Trump. That was the messaging. We got to get Donald Trump out of office. It was never really about the American people. It was about get Trump out of office. So then Donald Trump loses the election. Why ever, however, whatever, Donald Trump loses the election. Joe Biden, who had not campaigned up to that point, somehow wins despite his, his people that were running on his side doing a much better job of campaigning, much better messaging, arguably more resonant, but for whatever reason, they all bow down to Joe Biden and let him go. Largely, the theory is that it's because he's aligned with President Obama, former President Obama. So now Trump's out of office. All of a sudden, when Biden comes in office, some of the first things he's doing is he makes it, his administration makes it harder to get aid. These aid programs that are there, they're still there, but he adds red tape, layers of red tape. The unemployment was a nightmare for a lot of people. And then the business aid was a problem getting the aid. So then it was, well, we got all these billions of dollars out here and nobody's really taking it. So I guess we'll just take it back. Deep, deep, deep. Of course, that was all part of the joke is you made it harder to get the aid. So people couldn't get the aid at no point at this level. Were there ever conversations about student aid? I'll get to that at the tail end. Now we start hearing about mandates forcing people to take the vaccine because they're not getting the take rate that they want. They're not getting enough people buying in on their own. And so then I remember when the president went up and he said, come on, man, what are you waiting for? Our patients are wearing thin and just threatening Americans, which is normally a treasonous thing regardless. So now there's all these threats. He actually tells employers that they should force it. 
And if they don't comply, fire them. So he doesn't want people to have life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. He wants them to lose their jobs. Many people on social media jump on board with this narrative. They support because they've created a fear-based narrative around this whole situation that you're going to die if we don't do it. All the while, the data never changed, which was that the comorbidities were largely the cause of serious illness, and that while there were a select few people that did fall ill and in some cases passed away, that were in reasonable good health, there were other factors at play that were never disclosed. So now the fear starts taking over. Well, the thing is, Anthony Fauci is right at the front of it because he's up in the NIH and he's basically the face of this whole thing. And he's the one advocating doing this. What people didn't realize in our archives, I do encourage you to check it out at casualtalkradio.net. Do a search for Ryan White. For those that don't know Ryan White, perhaps you're not old enough to remember. Ryan White, he was the face, arguably, of what we dealt with in the pandemic that was AIDS when it first became a known thing because he was one of the first to contract it. Now, we attribute AIDS to a sexually transmitted disease, but AIDS was also being communicated by tainted blood. In this case, a transfusion of tainted blood to a person that was otherwise perfectly healthy, which is how Ryan got it. He didn't get it from any sexual anything. He got it from a blood transfusion, apparently. So then Ryan, as he catches this and it's known, he's trying, he and his family, they're castrated, they're treated as pariahs, they're attacked, He's not allowed to go to school. He's not allowed to consort with his friends because everybody's afraid that it's contagious. We know now that it was never contagious to that degree. It wasn't airborne or any of this, and it was a very specific set of circumstances where you would catch it. However, his he and his family were attacked, so then he, on his own, became a spokesperson for this whole thing to try to get people to calm down and advocate for learning about this because education was going to be power to get people to get over it and be great, smarter solutions. Today, it's almost unheard of that someone dies of AIDS. We have ways to manage it. It's not that you don't catch it, not that people don't catch it, but you certainly don't hear about it anywhere near. We were hearing about it certainly in the late 80s, the early 90s. I remember the commercials of Brad and Tarnikin. So that was the whole, he was that face. He was the one that was calming or trying to calm people down. Eventually they would embrace it and say, okay, it is what it is. By the time they finally reconciled that they were overreacting, he got really ill and he could barely move around. And then he eventually passed away because we didn't have enough in our medical evolution to be able to keep him alive at that time. But because he advocated for more information and learning about an education and not treating people like pariahs, it encouraged our medical system to prioritize understanding it better to create those kinds of cures and aids, not to be able to get rid of it because we knew we couldn't, but at least to manage symptoms and to treat it no longer as the death sentence that it once used to be. Same with Magic Johnson. He became an, an advocate for it when he caught it and he was treated as a pariah and his notoriety at the time being one of the greatest basketball players ever helped in that messaging where Ryan, he was just a regular kid. So my point is that Fauci, Anthony Fauci was there at the time during the AIDS pandemic, spreading the same kind of fear that he was doing with COVID, as in he wanted people to freak out and panic and overreact because what it did is it allowed him to inject his narrative, no pun intended, onto people. Here's my dilemma, right? Fast forward now, recently, it was reported that apparently two of the Biden administration organization agencies 
have said, you know, this thing might have come from a Wuhan lab. Deep, deep, deep. Now, back when President, then President Donald Trump was in office, he had circulated the theory on social media, and then he went on an interview and said the same thing. I think it came from a lab. You know, I'm looking at it. I think it came from a lab. And they attacked him. They attacked him for misinformation. They attacked him for lying. They attacked him with no basis, no nothing, because they were trying to suppress what he was trying to put out, which is, I think this is what it is. I think we should investigate it, at least as a theory. Secretly, he creates this organization to investigate it further. We didn't know that that organization was still active all the way up until Biden took office. When he took office, Biden shut that down. Because again, it was, it's disinformation, it's not the Wuhan lab, you're a racist, we're calling it the Wuhan virus, stop calling it the Wuhan virus, it came from bats. And nobody really believed the bat theory, let's be honest. Fast forward now, and just in the last couple of weeks, turns out Biden's administration is admitting, yes, it probably came from a lab, that's what we think. Nobody's going back and giving former President Trump his credit for suppressing him. Twitter was on board with the suppression, and it turns out that people in his own administration in some cases and in the Biden administration were part to blame for the reason he was getting suppressed. Not because of January 6th, this is before that. Remember, he was getting banners slapped on his stuff like crazy and Jack Dorsey of Twitter was perfectly compliant with this. Turns out the government was actually encouraging Twitter to do this and that's why they jumped on it. That and then all the different investor groups, right? The Black Rocks, et cetera, were also part to play in this as well. My point is you've got a president of the United States who puts out a theory that we wanted to investigate and just get the truth about a thing. Regardless of what you feel about the man, it doesn't matter. We didn't know the truth back then. In 2020, we didn't know what the truth is. And we jumped to a conclusion without getting those facts. That person gets attacked. All of a sudden, the new administration comes in. They're doing everything they can to force something in people's arms cause people to get fired, create mass panic and hysteria, all to support an agenda where ultimately what we created might actually have risks that we don't know about, only to then later admit, yeah, it might have come from a lab, do, 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 which means there's a risk that the, if the lab theory is correct, which I don't know that it is, but if it is, who knows? Maybe the thing was manufactured to be purposely resistant to those Maybe it was manufactured to modify the way that they work. Maybe it, there's all sorts of maybes that we don't know because they rushed and they completely stepped on American freedoms. And they created panic and fear and certain of the American population jumped on board because they were afraid. Bottom line, they were afraid. Nobody questioned being afraid for your own family, right? Do right by your family. Do right by yourself what makes sense for you. Where it started across the line is when you started dictating to other people what they should do because of your fear. At the point, look at us now. We almost don't even talk about the damn thing. We acknowledge it's still around, but we don't talk about it. The death numbers are going down. People say, well, that's because people got the thing in their arm. We never got over the threshold of percentage of people taking it. So that's not true. What really happened is we allow people to live their lives. And in certain cases, Immunity took over. In other cases, they simply never caught it and they're going on about their lives, which is how we handle things like Ebola, which is how we currently are handling things like the monkeypox. We've always handled it in a way that was a little bit more measured, except for the AIDS pandemic and this COVID one. And to a lesser degree, things like Legionnaires, which just resurfaced. Well, my point only, my only point, we've got an administration who lied to people. 
And that bothers me. They lied to people. When they said there's nothing to this lab leak theory, they didn't know that there was or wasn't when they said that. That's a problem. Because if there is something, they're not going to admit it and say, we got it wrong. We lied to you. We're sorry. This is something we should not have done. We should not have rushed this out there. We may have had drastic ramifications of this. And in closing, I'll say this. I actually had said on social media way back in 2020, late 2020, I said, when all the dust settles and all the smoke clears, we're going to find that this whole thing is very similar to what happened in Horizon Zero Dawn. If you don't know Horizon Zero Dawn because you're not a gamer, I do encourage you to read up on the plot of that game. Not the new one for Ben West, but the Horizon Zero Dawn game. The plot of what happened. And you'll see very scary parallels between what was done in that game and what we did all in the name of fear because certain people were not patient enough to take the time to learn what we needed to know to really keep people safe. And instead we took actions that may have had the inverse effect that we don't know. It's the uncertainty that bothers me and the lie. They didn't need to lie. They could have waited and just simply done it correctly. That's all we've got here today on casual talk radio gentlemen's world. Hopefully it's been informational, educational and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.